Honeys, get your cups ready because it's time for some tea to be spilled today. Wow, has 2020 and 2020.2 got us in the grips? Well, I'm writing this for me just as much as I'm writing this for you. And one crooked finger at a time, I'm hoping to loosen the grips on some of the things that keep myself and you from greatness. I try and be as honest and authentic as possible when sharing my experiences but I feel with the things I'm about to say, they need to be said with a level of candidness. This is not a self-help guide or awareness campaign. This is my catharsis through creative writing. So let me not waste any more time, even though COVID-19 has managed to dismantle all concepts of it. So away from the lens, I have been struggling with perfectionism, people pleasing, and an unhealthy dose of comparison. Essentially, these mental and emotional circumstances have been part of my life for as long as I can remember. Yet recently, they have become a lot more challenging than what I had anticipated. Throughout the years, I've tried to avoid them, blindly move past them like an expert at Blinamore. My creativity was one of the few most powerful coping mechanisms I had against the trauma I faced but that soon started to dwindle away in the depths of my self-affliction. It's no secret that life can present difficult, challenging circumstances, be it self-created or imposed. Each phase of my life was met with a sort of tailored trauma for that specific period of growth and learning. Primary school, to high school, to university, to working woman, each brought about unsolicited gifts of self-doubt, isolation, self-loathing, anxiety, and so much more. Those are just the ones I chose to bring home, never mind the ones that casually walked in unannounced. Each trauma and trigger coaxed me into a metaphysical art form, one that is very painful, a bit astounding, and quite extreme at the best of times. A contortion of the self I'd like to think of it as. For as long as I can remember, my battle with self-confidence was and is one of the biggest. I struggled with the fear of not being accepted by others so much that I began to disown integral parts of myself that contribute to who I truly am. I used to be able to escape through art making, drawing and painting in the hopes of entering a different world. But as I got older, I learned a different kind of creativity one that would supposedly bring me out of my sunken place and into the light. Don't get excited, it's not that glamorous. Through every dark period, I was able to turn inward and have a look at the parts of myself I loved and knew others would love too. Think of it as standing in front of a well-organized closet that ranges from last season Steve Madden's to this season's Louis Vuitton's. And of course, I'm going to choose the Louis Vuitton's. I like nice things. What can I say? Granted, I own them. The boss that is me. I faulted myself, constantly filling up the recycle bin of qualities and characteristics that I could use repeatedly to make sure I was never pushed away, excluded or belittled. Yet, this process became unhealthy. People reinvent themselves all the time. What is so bad about that? Well, let's cue in the title of this piece, shall we? From a very young age, it was ingrained in me that I needed to do and give my best in everything, and rightfully so. 
But I became fixated on being perfect and palatable, especially in the moments that made me feel nowhere near that. I imposed on myself the responsibility to never disappoint anyone because that would mean I would never be a perfect example of whoever I needed to be at that time. Being perfect gave me a purpose. It presented a roadmap of how not to be a pariah in society. Unfortunately, back then, little was known about what perfectionism really is, and no one in my youth had educated me on it. Perfectionism was misconstrued as something positive, that you are meticulous and never settle, not painfully critical, a procrastinator, or highly anxious amongst the lot. My rampant perfectionism whipped my little girl bottom into the habit of always being the person I felt people expected to see. Be funny, okay. Humor level's always at 100 then. Be creative. Okay, order number 1000 for the person who wants me to draw a picture of their dog. And the list goes on. I hardly ever used the word no. No, in my books, meant being disowned. No, meant living below the ideal I was desperately trying to keep up with. And man, oh man, was that fear rife. My efforts to be the best version of myself, whatever that might mean, never come from a disingenuous place. But I just didn't know how to manage my giving while maintaining a healthy emotional equilibrium between what I was innately capable of and people's expectations of this. Only later in life did I begin to understand my mental and emotional barriers. I told myself I was never an anxious individual. Obsessiveness does not become me until I took the time to really learn about myself. OCD rears its head here and there in ways most people are familiar with. Cleanliness, order, etc. But that's not really the battle for me. It isn't even the battle at all, really. My struggle with OCD and perfectionism comes in the form of intrusive thoughts that are constant, beginning the minute I get out of bed. Most of them are negative and often send me in a downward spiral of negative self-talk that rages on like the table mountain fires. Excuse the analogy, but I say this because it's an impulsive act by myself that I cannot explain, but find myself stoking nonetheless. It's the perfect entourage for sprawling negativity. Being reminded every day of our inadequacies, be it by society or upon our own instruction, can make some of us hell-bent on repackaging who we are. I coasted in certain seasons. Contorting myself became second nature, and I could ride the waves to my utmost pleasure. I could decisively identify what people enjoyed about me the most, and I fully embodied it with great efficacy. Con I consistently delivered someone that the party could never do without. And while I am many of these amazing things, being them, loving them constantly takes a great deal of emotional stamina and an endless full tank of positivity. Low moments had me scolding myself with the beating stick of comparison. I looked towards family, friends, and social media, yet only saw what I lacked. Anything I was asked to be less of that I ironically found more of somewhere else or in someone else made me feel incredibly inadequate. It reminded me of what I was willing to compromise and the great loss I felt because of it. 
arguments with a friend, criticism from an employer, almost losing a family member twice does not sound like sugar, spice and everything nice. Each little setback chiseled away at the perfect person I was fashioning and created a great deal of internal dissonance. Those moments asked me to shuffle at random whatever could get me through the turbulence. So much so that the person I thought I was fashioning became nothing but a vague, disposable idea. I reached a point this year where I could no longer resonate with who I became, for all the things I thought would carry me through were either outdated or asked to be downsized. Yeah, no, not the kind of tea you were expecting today. Instead of jasmine tea, you got flow rooibos. Yet, the power of being at rock bottom is that it never truly is rock bottom. It's the perfect blend of woundedness and revelation that sees a slow but powerful rejuvenation. What I learned is that the art of reinventing yourself should come from a place of elevating who you already are in circumstances that are in much need of a fixer-upper. It should never come from a place of approval addiction. I learned that you cannot divorce your responsibility from the world's ability to bring you to your knees. It's your choice to crawl, but it remains your duty to pick yourself up, be it by taking an occasional step back or choosing to leave. You have the right to respectfully defend who you are and the choice to take certain things home with you, whether they belong or not. And if they don't belong, you have the right and the agency to put them out. Every single part, both accepted and shunned, has an important function. The fun, light, impressionable parts of who I ultimately be who I am ultimately began to overshadow the ones that were marvelously critical, if not overexerted, empathetic because a girl can relate, bold and against the grain. All the things that society is usually quick to correct yet makes me so much stronger. So in a time constituted by great uncertainty, violence and pressure, I'm hoping to find meaning and equilibrium in all of this by going back to the little things, not necessarily pretty things, that allow life to trickle back in. There are no life hacks in the story, just a much needed sense of transparency, a little tough love, and a reminder that you were always worthy and will always be.